0: In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough.
1: Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, I'm Andy. I have healthy and sensible
0: kinks, and I'm Evan. No judgment there. Um, I'm making
2: a reference to the episode. I know, Jeez. I know. <laughs> okay, y'all are acting like I just,
0: anyway. please. I'm, please I'm laughing on. at Andy's response to it more than anything. Uh, I'm 29 years old, and I just learned how to pronounce dachshund, and I'm Ronnie.
2: How did How did you think that it was pronounced?
0: I, I just, I thought there was a dachshund, and that was D-O-X-O-N. And I'd never seen it written anywhere, but people just say "Dachshund," and I thought that the other thing was "Dashund." Hmm, that's understandable. I've just, yeah, and I've never heard, heard anyone—I've t- never heard anyone say "Dashund," but I sure have read it a bunch. It's a real, real uh, dichotomy there.
2: Yeah, if you've never taken any German classes, I can understand why you yes. would not know how to make sense of that word. Now,
0: yeah. now that I see it and I look at it and I say "Dachshund," I understand.
1: But it was—it was a
0: journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it was a journey getting mm-hmm. there.
1: If you couldn't tell by these (laughs) kink discussions and German language uh, beginner courses, what's the difference? uh, Ending pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering uh, some networks canceled. FX. FX, FX's Terriers. We watch episodes one, two, and three, but before we get into those, I have a bit for us.
2: What's the bit? What's Is the it, bit? Has it been nibbled on by a dog?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Is it a bacon bit? Nope. Is not a kibble-in really, bit? I'm, <laughs> nope. Uh, I thought we could do, like, an end-of-the-year retrospective... Uh, Or should we save that till like right before New Year's? I was like, oh, it's the last episode before Christmas. We should do it. But then it's close enough to the end of the year that we can just start start getting nostalgic. Yeah. If we get nostalgic now, we can
0: like talk fondly about the year and then spend the next two weeks just shitting on it on the terrible year that it has been.
1: Will we be done Terriers by the time 2020 is over? Because I feel like Terriers should then be in the running and we haven't watched enough of it.
0: Uh, I don't think we will.
1: I don't know why I'm trying to talk you guys out of my bit. I don't know. But uh okay, yeah. What's been your favorite uh show we covered in 2020? Oh no,
2: I don't have a comprehensive list of the shows we covered in 2020.
1: I'm sure I'm sure Ronnie does. Ronnie knows all that sort of what, shit. You, what shows did we cover Ronnie in 2020, Ronnie just has Ronnie? a spreadsheet ready for your bit? There's yeah.
0: Unprompted bit. I mean, I can just open up our, our hosting website and look at our, our past episodes. Um, which I have already done now. Tuca and then Birdie, then we we did a little bit of a, a Paladin's break. Gosh, the, this feels not that long ago, because then we did Young Hercules, mm-hmm. and that took some time, um, and then we did The Witcher, then we did Still star then Thundercats, then Gaycation, and that brings us to today. We don't cover a whole lot of shows in a year. That's part of our format. I understand that. Like, we, we only basically do one or less a month, but still, it feels like we should cover more ground than that.
2: Also, we took a break a couple of times because we were depressed. Yeah, 2020 was that's was a rough fair. year. It, yeah, it I think we, we could have squeezed one more show in there, probably, mm-hmm. if we hadn't. You know, done. We did some specials. We did the Paladin specials and we mm-hmm. did our 100th episode special. And we, we did a Tuca and Birdie retrospective with some guests. The that founders of our
1: podcast network stole all of our money. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. What a year. She got embezzled. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's so a rough year. It was it's a, been a, it tough was a one.
1: challenging time that mm-hmm. we've had. But hey, all these shows have been phenomenal. I don't know about about y'all. It's hard to pick a favorite it's out of all these winners.
0: A, I will say this, it is definitely hard to pick a favorite. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's Tuca and Birdie. Tuca and Birdie was such a good show. Um, uh, A strong uh, first runner-up, honorable mention for The Witcher just because... I was gonna
2: say Tuca and Birdie was objectively the best show. Right. Like, it was thematically uh uh narratively conceptually the best show Mm -hmm. that we covered this year hands down but uh i don't know i I, i'm kind of fond of the witcher also so i was gonna pick the witcher
1: um i don't have the list in front of me and i've forgotten literally everything we've said i'm pulling it up and birdie Uh, (laughs)
0: Uh, young hercules uh, young Hercules I will say young hercules part one because that that yeah, chestnut we gave up that on chestnut young hercules. is half nibbled
2: <laughs> that's why we were depressed <laughs> just stopped <laughs> just that that is that just is what, young hercules oh nothing else bad happened this year only I mean young hercules. hell we
0: started covering young Hercules nine months ago when did the pandemic start mmm Hang on, hang yeah. On. Young Hercules episode one debuted on March eleventh. Literally, like just days before everything went to shit. I think we opened up a uh, excuse the Greek mythology reference a real Pandora's box with that one. <laughs>
2: so yeah, I think I think us watching Young Hercules did in fact cause the the collapse of society.
1: Yeah, we yeah. we also we also caused the collapse of Tim Allen. We went on our scathing rant last week and all of a sudden he's no longer Buzz Lightyear. Chris Evans is Buzz Lightyear now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're prophetic. It. We're prophetic on this show. We are. Um, We make the right calls on this show. I think my favorite show from 2020 and I'm just going to say this to be different is Gaycation.
0: That's valid. Extremely that's valid. A, yeah,
2: that's a solid choice. Yeah.
1: Gaycation's also an objectively Very good, good show. show. Yeah. A little tough to cover with our format. um, yeah. But still really, really fucking good show. Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: yeah it it really you know that was that was kind of the goal was to see how we could stretch the the bones of this
1: thing and uh and and i i really enjoyed it good god did we did we start this in 2017 yeah yeah jesus hey we have 34 ratings and they're all five stars if you're listening to this and you haven't given us a rating, what the fuck? <laughs> More than 34 of you listen to our show. Oh, fuck you. I give us a five-star five rating, you piece of shit. This is the first time shit. Andy has
2: ever looked at our <laughs> l- listing on a podcast These ungrateful podcatcher, These ungrateful you know.
0: bastards are just I, listening to our show and not giving us ratings? I just My, love that Andy for for the first time seem to reflect fondly on on the on the listeners and say wow we have 34 ratings and they're all five stars why the fuck aren't there more <laughs> 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 it was on brand. Well, yeah. I
1: was like pleasantly surprised. I was like, "Wow, that seems like a lot." And then I started running the numbers in my head. I was like, "More than thirty-four people listening to this show. They should be giving yeah. us ratings substantially
2: more." Yes, it's, yeah,
1: like a lot. more.
0: I will say, as far as ratings go, it's not a bad hit rate. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not mad about it.
1: Um, These bastards, though, are just shoplifting our podcast. <laughs> what? They're <laughs> just taking our podcast without giving us ratings. Give us ratings. Pay the
0: toll. Pay the toll of rage. You gotta
1: pay the troll toll if you want to get into this podcast hole.
0: <laughs> very good. Very very. all right. Excellent.
1: Anyway, that was my bit. Uh, <laughs> good it's over bit. now.
0: <laughs> um.
1: Oh, there's a new Apocryphal. See, now I just have my podcast app open. Yeah. Stop, stop that.
0: Stop it. Take worry oh, about the a new
1: weird Christmas. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Worry about the infancy gospel of pseudo
1: Matthew. I think it is. Yeah. Can't, yeah. can't wait. Yeah, it's a good it one. Love, a good one. Love it's a good one. It's a good
0: one. Don't, Andy, don't tell them halfway through listening to our podcast to go listen to a different <laughs> podcast. So, Fucker They're going to go our there and be like, oh, I think I'll review. On
1: Sunday. Yeah, stop this. Go review Weird Christmas. Benito Sereno guests on it all the time. It's great.
2: Oh, gosh. I need to listen to Weird Christmas.
1: That's good. The Santa episode is right up your alley. It's so bizarre. Anywho, yeah, we should talk about this show. So let's on this talk podcast about let's, that we're on that we're doing right now. And before we do that, I just want to say one more time: give us a rating. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, give we us usually, a fucking rating. We usually no, I'm do. I'm not ask,
0: gonna cuss you out about it, but please do. We usually do ask for them at the end, so you're excused if this is your first time hearing our 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 pleases and pleases and, and pleases. I was gonna say, please. It's like and watching thank an yous, old but. movie,
1: and the credits come first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Put some overture music in here, Ronnie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're watching. We're watching terriers.
2: So this show is about two loser dudes, Hank and Britt. Uh, Hank at least used to be a cop. He is not anymore. Hank is also very recently divorced, as of when this show starts. Uh, and his life has kind of fallen apart, but he's still kind of a, he's kind of a likable scampy sort. And what he is doing now is using his cop connections and investigative skills to essentially do unlicensed PI work and also like petty crime. Uh, so the episode opens with... Him and his friend Britt, who is a man, I I don't know if Brit is short for something, I expected it to be Brett, it is not. I see it here as Brit with a T-T, I had to double check. Anyway, uh, they're stealing a dog from someone who stole it from their ex-girlfriend so that they can give the dog that right bully belongs to the ex-girlfriend back to the ex-girlfriend. In the process of doing this, um, they, they get caught up in this much larger sort of series of events where a friend of Hank's has a daughter that goes missing, and he starts investigating what happened to her, and in the process of doing that, he, uh, discovers that she's working for this wealthy real estate developer, And the real estate developer's like, hey, you looking for that girl? I'll pay you money to find that girl and get her cell phone. And Hank's like, well, what the fuck's up with that now? Turns out uh, her cell phone has a recording of, they thought it was just a sex tape and they were like, oh, that's the scandalous thing. But what actually is scandalous is that on the phone at the end of the sex tape, he's talking about scamming a bunch of people a bunch of investors out of money for this like development that's never going to happen. Hank helps his friend's daughter get out of town. He gets the phone back. He gets the dog back to the ex-girlfriend at the laundromat. And he buys the house that his ex-wife is selling for sentimental reasons with the check that the real estate developer gave him. So...
1: um, then Then he frames the guy.
2: Yes, and then uh, Hank and Britt, because they think this land developer guy is a real asshole, they frame him for a murder that also happened over the course of this episode. Which he committed, it wasn't like an unrelated murder. Okay, yeah, that's, you're right, they didn't frame him, technically speaking, they... They
1: planted evidence.
2: Yes, they found out that he committed a murder as well as being a sketchy businessman, and the friend's daughter was going to get blamed for the murder. And so they planted evidence on the sleazy real estate developer so that he would get in trouble for it because he was actually responsible for it, but did a good job of covering his tracks. Whew. Okay. That was the pilot. As Mm -hmm. you can tell, it's a pilot. They crammed a lot in. (laughs) So remember in episode one, Hank was buying the house that his ex-wife was selling the house that they lived in together uh for sentimental reasons uh and he is a garbage person and doesn't work as a cop anymore so his income is very inconsistent uh the check he got from the real estate developer is being held as evidence and he needs it as a down payment on this house that he's desperate to buy for sentimental reasons uh so instead of He can't get the check out of evidence, so he essentially becomes a bounty hunter real quick. He goes through some files and finds that there's rewards offered for information regarding some people. Uh, He goes after a guy who has essentially a bounty out on him. Uh, This guy is involved in a, like, horse race robbery like the guy's brother works at a um a racetrack they stole betting proceeds from uh like the bookkeeper's office at the horse racing track and the guy they go after is like hey that bounty that's on me is chump change i could get you the sweet sweet money i stole from this racetrack and like it'll be a sweet deal and so he convinces them to help him and they hide him at Brit's girlfriend's house, and they get caught up in this scheme with his brother, and at the end, they're, they let him go, and they basically say, hey, don't do crimes anymore, okay? And they give him a dog.
0: They give him a dachshund, <laughs> which I don't yeah. know if you guys know, but it's, it's spelled a little different than it sounds.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the dog is involved because Brit and his, Brit's girlfriend wants to have a baby, and she convinced him to get this dog as practice for a baby, and they don't like the dog, so they give it to this criminal who really likes the dog. And then, But then at the end of the episode, they adopt a different dog. They adopt the dog, the dog dog, the first dog from the first episode. Yeah. Who the girlfriend can't keep anymore, apparently. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. They didn't like that dog. I don't know why they want another dog, and I don't know why they think having a dog will make them good parents. Anyway, episode three. This one was the really... Weird one.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah.
2: So in addition to just money for the down payment, uh, Hank needs to get a mortgage loan for this house that he's buying. And because he doesn't have a real job and he's not a licensed PI, he can't get a mortgage loan. So uh, he goes to this one guy, banker, and the banker is like, hey, uh, you're a PI, right? Find proof that my wife is cheating on me and I will give you this loan, even though you're not really a very good candidate. Uh, And he's like, sure, 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 can do. And he's like, hey, man, I found your wife. She's definitely not cheating on you. The guy gets mad, and Hank is like, whoa, do you want your wife to be cheating on you? Turns out, yes, he does want his wife to be cheating on him, (laughs) because that's his kink. Him and his wife have this arrangement where she's supposed to be cheating on him for his sexual satisfaction... But she doesn't want to cheat on him. It's a real fucked up relationship. She doesn't want to cheat on him, so she's pretending to cheat on him so that he can get off on it. And so Hank helps her fake a a cheat, basically. He, he like, sets up a photo shoot with her and his buddy Britt. And, and, and Britt's girlfriend is, is yeah. there. Like, she Brit's knows about it is and is on. consenting. Britt and his girlfriend have a much healthier relationship, incidentally, than this dude and his wife. Anyway, um, so that seems to work, but then the husband finds out that she didn't really have sex with this dude uh, and gets mad and refused to get, refuses to give Hank the mortgage loan. But then Hank does, in fact, sleep with his wife, and then he tells the guy he slept with his wife, and then the guy gives him the mortgage loan, and then the dude jumps out the window and kills himself.
1: And Hank tells his the, the, the dead dude's wife what happened.
0: Yeah. Weird episode. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. Definitely. There's a whole subplot there where Britt is trying to get out from under the... Uh, the thumb of his old uh, thieving partner, his old uh, yeah. B&E partner. Um, and yeah, that a lot actually,
2: of, actually, that subplot was fine. I didn't mind that subplot, yeah. but I was so distracted by just this. The the machinations of what was going on with this cuckolding
0: uh, like plot line. Oh, boy. Yeah. Different. Definitely different. Uh, we watched three episodes of uh, FX's Terrier's. And, you know, I got I mean, you might not know. I got to ask it because I don't think we've asked this for for, for the past five episodes. Mm. Uh, Andy. Yeah. Did these three episodes work for you?
1: Yes, they did. I will expound, expand, exp- exposiate. On that, two of those more words. words later.
0: I love exposiate. Exposiate is, ex- is a new one. I will
1: one. expository those <laughs> on that more. <laughs> I will
0: suppository it all later. Uh, Evan, yes, Ronnie. These three episodes of FX's doggy show terriers. Uh, did they work for you?
2: I know it kind of sounds like I was dissing them in my uh. My overview, but uh, they did actually in general. Mm-hmm. I would say two of them worked, one of them didn't, but uh, overall, yeah, I, yes, they worked. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these episodes f- from t-
1: television? oh <laughs> what? <laughs> FXs?
2: No, we don't have to. Terriers. <laughs> we could have just gone. We could have just worked forward after episode four. You didn't have to... Oh,
0: yeah. this is so emblematic of, of the relationship <laughs> that you two. Have. Oh, you talk about Brit and, and Katie having a having a healthy relationship. This is this is this is what a healthy relationship is, people.
1: We finish each other's sandwiches.
0: (laughs) Love that. Love that. Andy specifically
2: finishes my sandwiches because I don't finish the very last bite of any sandwich that Uh, I eat. Oh, that's the best part, too. What a good. Andy gets the Andy tax from every sandwich that I eat. It's great. I love
1: taxes. (laughs) No. All taxes are good taxes, but Andy gets the sandwich tax.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Um yeah, this show Socialism. Worked. <laughs> so sh- <laughs> this show worked. Um it uh it's it's the pilot, I feel like as as long as the description was, and as long as like the any not just I'm not, you know, dumping on you, Evan, any description of that. Like I feel like any description of any episode of this show is going to take a while because you have to know every part because it all flows into the next but it does flow like it feels organic it feels like it moves <laughs> yeah. along
2: i'm going to i'm going to flow right into positives in fact in spite of the breakneck pace of all all of the action that's happening all of the information that's being given to us like i followed it i mm-hmm. got it i wasn't struggling to keep up there was no point where i was like Confused. There was no point where I was like, wait, who's that guy? What? What? I might not have remembered some people's names, you know, but I was like, right, sleazy real estate developer, right, friend's daughter, right. You, you know, it was actually genuinely like well constructed as a narrative. Mm-hmm. So it normally I would critique a show for being like that aggressive in its pacing but it it actually they pulled it off so
1: i'm pretty happy with it um you can boil tears down to the concept of ex-cop who was fired for being an alcoholic and ex-criminal who he caught trying to rob a car become pis and that i think sums it up really well mm-hmm. and the relationship between hank and Britt is extremely intimate for like two men on a tv show and like hank has like a friendly relationship with Britt's girlfriend and Britt is like listens to hank talk about his ex-wife and like they just seem to really love and care about each other it is a shame that one of them isn't gay because the like joke of Oh, and here's my partner Brit, like, is right there, mm-hmm. you know, and like, They keep making that joke
2: too, and it's and, not like, it's not in bad taste. They seem to, like, just kind of, you know, roll with that, because they say partner all the time, and people make assumptions, and they're just
1: like, uh, oh, whatever. When I was at Liberty University, I would say, oh, my partner, referring to my SLD partner, my spiritual life development partner, and everyone at liberty understood who I was talking about, but then I'd go home from school and people were like, Are you gay? And I was like, what? No? <laughs> <laughs> it's my spiritual life development partner. Uh so I that can." That sounds like a euphemism
2: it for some it, like,
0: it does sound like Evan is currently your spiritual life development partner. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's uh, how I'm gonna refer to myself from this my on. SLD yeah. partner.
1: Uh so like that definitely like did happen to me, and it it's, it's funny, you know, that it's happening to these two, private eyes. I think the joke would land better if one of them was gay and there was actual, like, queer representation on this show.
0: Yeah, but. I, I, you know, this isn't big enough to save for, like, oh, oh, this didn't work. It's a little, like, a little much sometimes with, like, especially, I think, more in the pilot than in, in later episodes, but, like, the, you know inferred like oh this would be you know if we were gay da, 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 da. It, it, it it would work a lot better for me if I thought there was some chance of this actually becoming a romantic relationship or even just a you know something that was a little more tender um but I agree with you totally it, it feels it feels like they do care about each other it feels like they do um you know respect each other and and you know we see it many times in this episode they go out of their way for each other even when money is not really. The, uh, the driving force.
1: Even their fight was like kind of healthy mm-hmm. and like they were mad at each other and like uh, Britt then still had to be like hey, like give me money to get home and he's like oh yeah sure here <laughs> and he's like are you sure you don't want to ride and he's like no I'm mad at you <laughs> but like I appreciate you offering and thank you for the cash like it, it and like me saying that makes it sound silly but like it Felt very genuine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, for sure. Also, Britt and his girlfriend,
2: whose name I cannot recall at the Katie. moment. Katie. They also have quite a healthy relationship. Um, it seems like neither of them are great at being adults, to be honest. I don't think they should have a baby. I don't think they would be good parents. But, um, like, she knows about his, his criminal past. And, like, they've totally, like, made peace with that. She's fine with it. Um, like she is friends with his weird friends. uh they seem to like talk and communicate well, like she's involved in their schemes, you know, they seem to have similar priorities in life.
1: I love so. the conversation between Hank and Katie, yeah, too. That just like felt very important to me that like not only is her relationship good with Britt, but she also has formed like a very genuine friendship with Britt's friend. And like they have a relationship aside from Right. And it's which not, like is really cool and rare in TV.
0: It's not like a secret clandestine, like, ooh, will they though? Will that like there's there's I mean, I don't wanna speak out of turn and say that won't happen because we've seen bad things happen that we said won't happen. Um, but it's not baked into their their relationship. There's not like a will they won't they with you know, this it's like just a, a friend a platonic friendly dynamic.
1: Yeah. Domhole Loeb, who plays Hank, uh, is is playing this role that he is like kind of typecasted in all the time of like alcoholic deadbeat, but like still tries hard. Like he's Mm -hmm. Harvey Bullock in the god awful Gotham show and was like the only good thing from that show, at least that I saw in the Mm -hmm. four or five episodes I watched. Uh, but like he, he's kind of like perfected this role at this point, and uh, is just like bringing his A game to this part. You like feel very genuinely for him, and this very easily could have been like a sleazy portrayal, and it's it's not.
0: Yeah, I I have in my notes that um, Donal Logue is is good in everything, uh, but your point is very valid that he is just he's Donald Logan, everything. He's just, he's the same, he's the same person. He's just really, really, really good. good. At it. Really yeah. Good.
2: Yeah. I'm not that familiar with this actor, but like I find both of these two main characters to be pretty dynamic in spite mm-hmm. of the fact that this could have been extremely generic, D- like the, the sort of <clears throat> procedural, it's not exactly a procedural, but the sort of procedural vibe, like two dudes doing questionable things like, th- like, that's every show, yeah. you know, that's every show on television. And it, it was it would have been very easy for this to be boring. But uh, like the two main characters have really good chemistry and they're portrayed by good actors and they're written well enough that they seem interesting and three dimensional. And like, I care about their lives. So
1: I was I was like really feeling this show. You know, watching the pilot on the second episode, I was sold on this show when at the end of episode two, they let the guy go, uh, the like big ass, huge criminal guy go as long as he one promises to not do any crimes for a year and two that when he starts up again, he just won't use a firearm. He'll only rob people with his giant muscles. (laughs) And, like, and then they gave him a dog. And I was just like, Jesus, I love these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're, they're not cops, which makes this procedural way easier to stomach. This isn't copaganda. Like, the one is an ex-cop and still, like, kind of is bad about how he utilizes those resources on occasion from what we've seen. Yeah. He's
2: still in touch with his old cop contacts and he still like feeds cops information on the DL that then they use to
1: inform their decision-making. So that's not great. But like when, when he's doing like crime stuff, I'm just like, Oh, thank God. This isn't like a, a, a bad cop situation or whatever. Like I, it's not like when you're watching a cop show and they're like, "We got to frame so and so and like plant evidence," and you're like, "Oh my god, no! You can't do that." Yeah, it's not like we got to do this because
2: we're renegades and we got to make the laws work. You know, the laws don't work. Other these guys are criminals. Mm-hmm. Like they're you know unambiguously bad people who do crimes, and it just so happens that sometimes, you know, working with the cops. Is good for them in doing their crimes,
0: right? Uh, you mentioned that this is this is doesn't feel like a procedural, and I have in my like notes that like it's I don't know that it really is because it doesn't really follow a procedure. Like everything, it feels like, yeah. and I mean this in a very good way because this kind of thing is my cup of tea. But it feels like fetch quests stopped on stacked on top of fetch quests until they become a boss yeah. fight. You know what I mean? It it, it is very. But that feels generic. Like I said, it's it's not like, you know, they don't start out the episode with like, okay, this is going to be a high stakes day. It's just like, no, I got to go just steal a wallet from a guy because, I'm you know, he's my wife's uh, new fiance and I'm just trying to keep tabs on him. Immediately into, okay, well, what's the next thing we're doing? We got to make a buck here. And then it kind of, they just, you know, fall ass backwards into, you know, bad situations that this, they know how to make good.
1: The scheme Britt had with the... His dry cleaner's dog. Yes. Where he then, by the end of the episode, you find out that the reason he did that was because he had another scheme going at a restaurant, I think it was. Yeah. Where he was, they were paying him to get their cleaning done on the cheap because he had a deal with the dry cleaner that if he got her the dog, she would do any laundry he brought for free. So he's not getting paid as this middleman between this restaurant and this drug. And it's just like, God, Brit, how do you even keep track of all your schemes at this mm-hmm. point? You got schemes on top of schemes. right? It's a, tr- I mean, it's a true, like, you know,
0: it's, it's, it's like a fixer, he's but he's just, he's just fixing for himself. You know, he's just, he, he has the books, <laughs> he has everything together. And like, I, 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 love that. Like I, I, there are, it it makes it so, so I think I looked back in the notes, I think in Moonlight, the the vampire show they had a lot of schemes that just like if anything didn't go absolutely perfectly the scheme would never work like it had to go exactly to plan every single time or else it would have all fallen apart and it just happened to do that in this show there is a little bit of that but since we know that brit has this kind of you know mind where he can keep track of these things and has this thing going that feeds this and you know scratching this person's back to scratch theirs. Like it works because we we, you know, have already established that he is kind of very cerebral in that way. Or or just, you know, can can manage it.
2: Yeah, also none of the stuff he does feels super unbelievable. It's not like Sherlock level no, stuff. No. Where he's just like uh like the the scheme where they got the guys The gun with the criminal's prints on it back in the bar again. All that was, was, uh, like, Brit had the gun. He, uh, pretended to rob the bar while Hank was there with the gun that they knew had prints on it. He wore gloves. Uh, Hank, quote-unquote, interrupted the robbery and quote unquote, scared off, uh, Brit, you know, who was posing as the robber. And then, uh, Hank made a big point of saying like, oh my gosh, call the cops. I've got this gun with his prints on it. You know, it was not like it, it totally made sense. It totally made sense as a scheme, but it was not some kind of like fucking 4D chess, no, uh, no. like break into the bank vault. Feed a wire through the, thi- you know, right. wait for the guy to walk past, set his watch two minutes fat, you know, none yeah. of that nonsense. It's just like, you know, a reasonably well thought out, believable scheme. Yeah.
0: And I like that there's not a whole lot of preamble to anything. Um, you know, we we didn't we, need
1: to see them explain this. Exactly. Plan. And yeah. in, in,
0: in like a lesser show, that would have been like a whole scene of like even even in the episode before that, they wear a wire. Um, so they can get the guy at the racetrack and there's not like a whole buildup to that. So that is like genuinely a twist at the end when we when the re- reveal is made. Um, Hank has uh, a couple of contacts, I guess, from being uh, involved with the police. And, and like like Evan said, still uses those resources. Um, but we don't need like an introduction of like, oh, this is my tech guy. He can do all the things with tech. It's just We're in a we're in a van with a bunch of tech stuff and we just understand what they're doing. Like, oh, let me call in this thing. I have these numbers so I can track somebody's phone. It's, you know, it's just it's well told. Like we talk all the time about showing and not telling and the show does a tremendous job of showing and not telling, which helps between that and the chemistry between Britt and Hank. It just really helps keep the story moving.
2: It's very well written, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Just very, very well Mm -hmm. constructed.
0: Yeah, I mean, Donald Logue is is so Donald Logue. Like, it, like there's, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I'm sure somebody writes for him, but he must have some kind of like, he must improv a little bit because it, it is, literally sounds like the lines in in Gotham, in Grounded for Life, in 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 you know all the shows like that.
1: The only role I've ever seen him in where he wasn't playing this character was uh, his season of Vikings. He was Ooh. the main antagonist for a season of Vikings, uh. and like. I had to like triple check that it was him (laughs) because like, I mean, it looks like him except he was wearing like Renfair garb, but it was such a different role. He was like this Viking Lord. Yeah. uh, That, you know, anything else, he's always, you know, Donald Logue. That Mm -hmm. must've been fun for him. Oh, I'm sure it
2: been fun to get to do something really off the wall. I'm sure he had a fucking
1: blast. Like, yeah, put me in chainmail and give me a big ass ax. Uh,
0: Y'all want to talk about what didn't work? I first want to just mention, um, and this is well documented, how much I absolutely love a extremely large man who can absolutely snap somebody in half. But is truly like a big sensitive teddy bear who you can have a conversation he with. He loves dogs. He loves dogs. He loves, dogs. That he loves his childhood that where they had another another dachshund and and like is is just like very affectionate with his girlfriend and and only really became a big scary guy because he was protecting. It's just like it, my 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 Travis Willingham uh, love is also well documented here. Um, <laughs> I just I. I it, it is It is my everything. I, I, I want that man to carry me around everywhere.
1: I'm sure that dude had a blast too because he is always typecasted as just like mini boss fight who gets beat yeah. up. Yep. Uh, yeah. He was
2: He was the enormous Frenchman in the Sherlock Holmes movie that had Robert Downey Jr. in it. Remember when he fights that French guy in the first movie?
1: The bare that, knuckle fight scene? Uh,
0: I think he's also in Get Smart and plays another like... I'll say, foreign. You know, the show movies like this don't really put a put I a I don't think on. that was just, him.
1: I think that it was him? Uh, it was that WWE guy. In Get Smart, Bautista? No, no, it was some dude who like is just a huge guy. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, bu-
0: <laughs> same thing. Same uh, same attraction, I guess same vibes same vibes triggers the same part of my of my uh primate brain <laughs> uh yeah we we can get ahead on and, and move along to uh to what didn't work episode three was just real uncomfortable to watch
2: um the i it wasn't like poorly written it it had this sort of same like level of competence i guess as the the rest of the show, it was a little bit slower paced than the other two had been thus far. It had a f- slightly fewer machinations. um, But just the characterization of this uh, wife who's pretending to cheat, who also was a uh, a therapist. And she like fell in love with her patient and her patient is now her husband. And he's got this. Cuckolding fantasy, and I I just, something really rubbed me the wrong way about the characterization of this woman, um, and also, like, the fact that her husband was trying to force her to have sex that she didn't want to
0: have, just really bad vibes. Bad vibes all around. Yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think it bothered me as much. It was definitely weird, and definitely uncomfortable, um, I don't know that the show really, like, glamorized it or made it seem like it was, like, a good thing. I mean, they they definitely, like... No, certainly not. Yeah, Um, they, they definitely, like, made a point of aiding this woman in this situation, which felt more like, you know, just helping somebody in need than, you know, than... Helping somebody sure. like continue a, s- a structure of abuse.
2: Yeah, and they were telling her like, "Hey, leave this guy. Like, hey, this guy, this guy's bad news." I mean, I know we're like we're helping you get out of this situation. It was also benefiting Hank, though. Let's be real; sure. it was yeah. benefiting Hank. He was telling her, "Hey, lady, you really need to get out of this relationship." Um, but also, like, like I said, something about the way they characterized this woman, um, I think, felt extremely like. I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to try to articulate what I mean. She was very incompetent, or she was very competent, and she was very intelligent, and her, her huge flaw was this, like, caretaker complex she had for this man where she was, like, obsessed with meeting this man's needs, even though she knew it was unhealthy. I feel like they were just lampshading the fact that they were playing into this like, women care too much trope. You know what I mean? I feel like they did a bad trope in writing this woman, and then they were like, hmm, we did a bad trope. Let's just turn it up to Eleven and also make her say it in dialogue. Then it's fine. Does that make sense?
1: I think my biggest issue with this whole situation was uh, the bank men, Um His violent freakout at Hank made the idea of the woman staying in this relationship feel really scary because, like, we know this dude is fucking unhinged. And then also having him commit suicide at the end, like, it just didn't jive with what we had already seen of this dude because the guy had... Portray- like he had been presented as like really controlling and like this control freak. And then it just felt out of nowhere that like he'd then end his life in such a violent and sudden way when that hadn't really been foreshadowed at all. Like if anything, I thought he was going to like double down on him on his control with his wife now that he had this information. So like it, the writing felt very strange and with his violent freak out at Hank, I was then just like completely not rooting for this woman to stay. Like she can say all she wants, like, no, I love him. Like we have a good relationship. I want to stay. But like that didn't jive with what the show had already shown us from her husband. I do agree with
2: you that his suicide at the end felt very out of nowhere. It, yeah. it felt like a convenient way to, to tie up this, uh, this plot line just so they wouldn't have to revisit like Hank's mortgage loan being with this
0: creep, you know? I think what bothered me about it, because like I said, it didn't bother me as much, but it did bother me was the portrayal of mental illness as just like slogans as just like tags that you can put on weird
2: sex stuff, you know, like mental illness is just weird sex stuff.
0: Right. And I, yeah, I think that like yes, there is like something the, the kink of being cuckolded is a real thing, and that is something that people are into. But this, as it is said often in the show, like this this guy was taking it to an unhealthy level, and this guy was very you know there clearly was not a consent from his wife that she wanted oh, yeah, to be involved absolutely. in this. Um, oh yeah,
2: if that's your thing, just to, as a disclaimer, if that's your thing, go for it. As long as you and the people involved in it are also enthusiastically into it
0: right
1: or that you're not the head of liberty university <laughs>
0: <laughs> topical um yeah. yeah it just it's just that that idea that like she just says like oh i have you know chronic um caretaker syndrome or whatever it is and and you know they make mention very frequently to this guy just being like you know not well mentally um and but they don't really again the show doesn't really spend time going into things but if it's something of like mental health related things i want you to go into it a little bit i want you to like describe that so like when we get to the point where somebody commits suicide it's it's not you know oh this guy's kink really took him over it's like no there's like a lot more there um and and it's not just, well, we had a psychiatrist. We had a quote unquote psychiatrist tell you that these things were were happening. So we don't really need to deal with it. Like I just it, it was very sloppy in regard to that. Um, mm-hmm. It was out of nowhere because, you know, at this point, that's I mean, I'm not a masochist, but that's not how masochism works. Like, it's not like. Sexually, like it, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm not a masochist. I can't speak for that, but like to to say like yes i like to uh be hurt by my spouse sleeping with someone else and i also like the pain of uh pavement from 20 stories up i don't feel like that's really the same thing like and we're supposed to assume that it is like that's that that that's fulfilled his his uh kink and it's like that's not i don't really feel like that's the same thing
2: i yeah it- is that what we were supposed to think? Is that him killing himself was part of his kink?
0: He left a note that said, "I only wanted to hurt myself." Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know. It, it's this definitely this is another.
2: This also like plays into what I was saying about them, like lampshading this, that, like, oh, it's like, yes, we're doing mental illness tr- sort of tropes, but like the wife is a therapist and so we're just going to say it in the dialogue and that makes it fine like that makes whatever you know um uh oversimplification or misrepresentation of mental illness we're doing here we're just going to have somebody talk about it in a very pathological sounding way and now we can
0: do whatever we want I'm sure this woman is going to come back into play later in the season. Uh, Her and Hank kind of have an unfinished relationship sort of thing Mm -hmm. um, from a narrative standpoint, at least. Um, But I would have liked this episode so much more if they would have flipped the A and the B subplots and just, you know, given Brit his like, you know, this guy really wants me back in the game and he's threatening me and he's breaking into my house and he's, you know, doing all this stuff because the stakes felt high there. The stakes felt Mm -hmm. high and scary. And if they just decided that, like, on the other hand, this guy was just like a legitimate, like, he, him, and his wife were involved in a very healthy, you know, kink exercise, and they needed this, and and it, it, he got it, and it's over. Like, I, I would have much preferred that, and it would have like been, may, maybe it would have been um, disrespectful. People felt in in that community, in in the uh, the masochism community, but it felt it would have felt like, light enough that it would have balanced out the scariness of Britt's story.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Ronnie. I, I think there is a way that they could have done this in sort of a um more fun, less problematic way, where, like, maybe the wife was into this kink and was just, like, really painfully shy or, like, really bad at flirting or something, and so they, like, help her hook up with somebody. Mm-hmm. To fulfill hers, her and her husband's mutual kink, like maybe she's lying to her husband about cheating on him, not because she doesn't want to be involved in the kink, but just because she's like,
0: I don't yeah. know, i be a guy. Or... I've, been, I've been married for twenty years.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that would have been so much more of like, even I feel like, and again, I'm not into this kink either. But I feel like I just want to make sure everyone also, knows
0: we're not into this. <laughs> we, I, like we, I well, we have I addressed that many times.
1: I haven't said it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not.
2: I though. just I just want to clarify that like I don't want to speak for the people sure, who understood. actually do feel some kind of way about this. But I feel like that really, honestly, would have been a a more positive portrayal yeah. of the kink rather right. than this dysfunctional. You know, yeah. suicidal relationship, which mm-hmm. does not, you know, certainly doesn't, in my opinion, reflect positively on people right. with that kink.
0: Yeah. So, most of uh, if if not for Brit and Katie, I think a line like a, a tagline for this show could be the straights are not okay. Um,
2: um honestly, I think even um, Hank and his ex wife Gretchen have a reasonably good relationship, you know? Yeah,
0: but Hank definitely still doesn't want that. Stole relationship
2: that guy's to be credit over. card
1: or something. Yeah. Oh,
2: for sure. I mean, he has not let go yet. I think yeah. that's it's obvious and I like, that's why he's buying this house that they lived in what? together. Sure. Right. Yes, but I don't feel like that's an unrealistic reaction to a divorce that just transpired. No. Not that it's good. And I don't think the show is glorifying it. I don't think the show is saying this is healthy behavior but um i don't think it's unreasonable and i don't think it like makes him a weirdo i mean it's not good but i think it's understandable and also like his ex-wife doesn't seem to be like resentful of him she certainly like is trying to like help him like adjust to living on his own and things like that so uh
1: i will say this is the I think only positive portrayal of like a support group and therapy that I've ever seen in a TV show, and the only positive portrayal I can think of in a movie was Doctor Sleep. So, like, good for this show. Yeah, shows
2: do make fun of support groups a lot, or yeah. portray or, them yeah. as like predatory and yeah, kind of portray or portray them as yeah, yeah,
1: just negative or like wow, like look at this badass character they uh. They tell off everyone in the support group. <laughs> like, uh, but no, like uh Hank goes to this group and seems to be uh like really benefiting from it and like participating in it willingly and like finding it helpful. So I thought that was really cool.
0: The other thing that I um that am having complicated feelings on um is the is the cop dynamic. Um we right now, like you said, it is crime where the cops are kind of helping them, but it is also you know that that's what cops do too is crime that like that they want people to help them on too um it's just you know, I think right now I'm happy that all of like the perps that they're catching are these like squirrely white rich guys mm-hmm. um you know the the land developer the the casino the the racetrack um manager. Um, high level manager. Um, it's making it feel good because it's nice to live in a fantasy world where squirrely rich white guys face justice. Um, and and I have to, you know, I want to remind myself that, like, that's not really how it works in the real world. So even like these people utilizing the cops and like wearing wires for the cops and, and you know, buttering up the cops so that they can do their bidding is like it's working here because the outcomes are good for these two characters that I like and for my philosophy but that's not how the cops work and so there is a little bit of that you know in there of just like well the 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 cop in the show is black so like you know uh, they're they're
1: good cops <laughs> yeah there's i think it's close to the line with copaganda mm-hmm. um i did tell myself like i would not watch propaganda shows ever again um i don't think they're good or healthy and i don't think we should support them even if it's a show like brooklyn Nine and it yeah. feels good um so i do think this is close to that the fact that uh these characters are not cops and are in fact uh, kind of criminals uh, makes me feel a little better about it, but mm-hmm.
0: and, and criminals with a heart, like criminals who are yeah. out to help people who the cops might potentially hurt uh, in the yeah, long yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, um, well, yeah. Like
1: I, they, they fully recognize that. Like cr- no one looked at the camera and said, "Crime is a social construct," but like letting the 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 one criminal go. With the understanding of like, hey, lay low for a while, and then you can start doing crime again, just don't use a gun, yeah, like was that kind of recognition of like, yeah, like sometimes committing a crime can be okay by our moral code, like yeah, yeah, I they think have that
2: they have few scruples, but they're the few scruples they have are in the right places, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, it's not something that like is like, oh, this show's terrible because of this. It's just something that I was like, this is worth mentioning. And this is this is oh. something that is certainly it's certainly coloring the view of law enforcement, um, even if it's not like saying like cops are great. Um, it's It's just something that, you know, is worth keeping an eye on as the show goes on. They are they are Absolutely. certainly not like agents of the police. I will say that they are, you know, they are very much when it suits them and when they want the the cops to have information, they have it. And when they don't, they don't. Um, so there is that.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Love that this show has doggos. We've seen two doggos. Yeah.
1: A lot of dogs. Yeah, there
0: is a doggos. uh, There was a bit, there was a big dog at the, uh, at the outside the fortune teller girlfriend's house.
2: Uh, yeah, there is a, a, a gentle but visible dog theme mm-hmm. throughout. It's not like a dog-themed
1: show, but they, they right. sure do sprinkle in dogs. I like the conversation where Britt was trying to come up with a, uh, a mascot for yeah. their, their group. That was fun.
0: Yeah, I, I assume we're going to get some dogs in there, too, which is very exciting. Um, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't end up with anything, because if they would have just come up with it and said, like, how about terriers? They're very persistent oh. and and and, and kind of you know scrappy because that would have felt <laughs> a little bit you know we said the they thing go in, in the thing.
2: and chase out rats yeah yeah
0: um but yeah I I, I like the doggos happy about that looking forward to see more doggos if you have a good doggo and you want to send it our way that would be an excellent use of our social media feed. Uh, yeah, tweet. it doesn't
2: even have to be your dog. Just yeah.
0: find
1: a good dog. Find a good dog. Actually. Google pictures of dogs. Yeah, Send hey, us five-star reviews and dogs. Send this, us this. all dogs, all five-star reviews,
0: and very, very large men who uh, appear that they could have sensitive sides for <laughs> reasons.
1: Send us pictures of your dogs, and I will rate them.
0: Ooh, that's already a whole social media account that does that, but that's fine. Yeah.
1: We
2: also can do that. There's nothing we can stopping do that, us. Yeah. They don't have a monopoly on dog rating. We uh, rate
1: dogs. If you don't review our podcast five stars though, that might hurt what Ooh. I rate your dog. I'm just letting you know.
2: Oh, you can't do that.
0: You I can't. Can. I'm heartless. That no, I'm monster. saying that the I listeners can't do that. The listeners can't do that to their poor little uh pepper or their yeah. poor little um uh Fido. Patches. Hey,
2: here's here's a tip for your mental health listeners. Upon this very day, as I do some days, I decided to doom scroll on petfinder.com instead of doom scroll on social media. Hey, And it's it's real good. It's Just good. imagine all those dogs finding homes. I cannot adopt a dog right now. I have three cats. That would not be reasonable for me to do at all. I also don't have a fenced in yard. But um You know, I I just like looking at all those dogs and uh, and sending good vibes in their direction. You know, looking at a dog, thinking how happy it'll be one day when it when it finds a home.
0: You can do that or you can Google uh, Danal Singh, who is the wrestler that I was talking about earlier, that is not the guy in this show. And you can just admire the jawline on that man. He has a chin and a jawline that you could set a picnic blanket on. Love it. Um, I was going to say, don't send us your cats because we have, you know, lots of cats in our lives anyway. Um,
2: I want pictures of cats.
0: Yeah, you can send us pictures of cats because I was like, well, we have to wait till we do a cat show, despite the fact that we just spent five episodes doing a fifth of like a 26 episode run of Thundercats, uh, mm-hmm. which would have been the opportune time for that. So send in your doggo, send in your cats
1: or send us a picture of your favorite Muppet. Why not? I, lo- I like the Muppets. Muppets are great. We like
0: Muppets. Send us your favorite puppet history episode. Lots of lots of good stuff here.
1: I love that I just do a podcast with my own personal uh, Fozzie Bear and Rizzo. It's great.
0: Hey, am I Fozzie Bear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make That's me exciting. Rizzo? I thought I was Gonzo.
1: Oh, Gonzo. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not Rizzo. You're you're not Rizzo. That was my bad. Yeah, I am Gonzo. You're Gonzo. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is true. You're definitely not Rizzo, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what an insult. Jesus. Se- no, like
2: I like Rizzo, sure. I just not am
0: But am no, you, not you,
1: you do not have Rizzo energy yeah. at all.
0: No. Send us your dog, cat, muppet, and... um. Andre, the giant photos to, uh, to us on Twitter at pending pod, <laughs> send us, uh, uh, stuff on Facebook at pending pod, send us stuff on Instagram at ending pending, send us emails pending pod at gmail.com. Uh, also be sure to rate us and review us, give us those five stars so you can get a good, good pet rating for yourself. Um, share us with a friend, you twerps. Yeah, why are you so aggressive to the (laughs) listeners? Oh, what do we say? What do we say?
1: I'm sorry. We say I'm sorry. Andy apologizes. (laughs) That's how we end the podcast. (laughs)
0: Listen, we (laughs) should. Yes, let's let's end it there. Andy, say you're sorry. Say you're sorry sorry to the listeners.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry that I called you fucking ungrateful bastards and called you twerps.
0: All right. I don't regret
1: it, though. (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. Give us five stars, goddammit. Share us.